The Daily Rios for February 26, 2013. Top 5 Tuesday. So I'm still getting some great feedback on the on-podcasting episode I did a few Mondays back, taking a look at some guidelines, suggestions, observations on podcasting content and what I believe makes for a good podcast from my perspective, right, from my own experience. Uh, Things that have worked for me, some early comics podcasting history, uh, because, you know, I was there, (laughs) and a little about what I think will grab listeners' ears in today's field. So I'm feeling the urge to do another one of those episodes, but then I wanted to also see if there was a way to put to the test all of the stuff I was talking about. Give examples, right, of podcasts that I've enjoyed over the years, Um, maybe because of the host or hosts or the content, right? Maybe all of that was really engaging or they were intelligent and spoke well. Um, They made you want to listen, either because of the way they put out their podcast or or the format, uh, execution, material, or maybe it was just their personality or the chemistry if it was more than one host, right? So how to do that, right? Like how to give examples and and in what way? How was I going to do that? And I thought, well, by wrapping it up in a top five. So I present in this episode the top five. Five podcasts I wish were still around. What you're about to hear, without listening to me Babylon or introducing each podcast, are clips of podcasts that have long since pod faded for one reason or another, from hosts whose work I've enjoyed over the years, or even were inspired by, or who were just trying to do their own thing. You know, by today's podcast standards, maybe some of these are too homegrown, too amateur, uh, or maybe they aren't what you want out of a podcast. But these five clips, and believe me, there are many more I could list, brought me back episode after episode because they made me think, they made me listen, they made me laugh. Or I just admired how they put themselves out there. No bullshit, no pretense, just good old comics podcasting, because most of these are comics podcasts. Um, These clips and these hosts and these podcasts really put out there some of the things I was trying to talk about in that previous episode. Now, while these shows are no longer around, a few of the hosts still are, and you can certainly go back and enjoy what they once put out, if you like anything that you hear. Um, But if you want to send feedback on this episode, do so by telling me what podcasts you miss, or what did you hear in these clips that relate back to that episode uh, that I did, right? Can you hear what I'm talking about in these clips? Some of the content in these clips aren't you know, it, first of all, uh, the material isn't current, right? And maybe it's not necessarily um, a, a topic that is engaging to you, but there is something in all of these clips that I'm dropping um, that really goes back to what I was saying in that episode, you know, about podcasting being being personal, audio blogs, 
um, but also being from someone's perspective, uh, you know, hosts that were engaging or had, um, were able to talk, uh, were able to, you know, present material, or maybe it was a more than one host and there was a great chemistry, right? There's stuff in here. You, uh, you know, if you really listen, you can hear why some of these hosts, uh, really caught my ear. And I think there's some stuff in here that you could learn from even, even by today's standards. So you know the drill for the feedback. Uh, it's Peter at thedailyrios.com, or you can leave a comment on the website. Uh, I think you'll enjoy what you hear. And, uh, you know, it's just another way to do, um, another way to sort of think about how to present my own podcast, right? You know, a top five, here's a way to do it. Um, another way to talk about podcasting without actually having to talk about podcasting. <laughs> so, all right, so here you go. Uh, the top five podcasts I wish were still around. Comicology number 40. Just shoot an email over to neilgorman at gmail.com and uh, let me know what you think of the music bed in the background or any other aspect of the show because I love hearing from people. It makes my day. Uh, another quick, like I got like two more announcements. Then after that, what we're going to do is get into reviewing a very mainstream comic book, which is something that I have not done in a while. And uh, today I, I just finished reading issue number five of eight of the House of M miniseries, of course, being put out by Marvel Comics. It is being written by Brian Michael Bendez, who uh, is one of my favorite writers. I know I've been reading him for a long, long time. Back when he was an indie guy doing, you know, jinx for caliber comics and whatnot. I was reading him then. I still read him now. I think that he his writing is amazing. And I like, I, I don't know, it just, I picked up this book today. I read it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a show about this book. Yes, I am. And, and that's pretty much what happened. So anyways, uh, recently, just yesterday as a matter of fact i went to a chicago white Sox the i can't talk white socks game uh because matt from digital detroit radio called me up you know kind of randomly and said hey dude i'm gonna go to chicago because the tigers you know the baseball team in detroit are gonna be playing the white Sox, and since chicago and detroit are really not all that far he decided to come down and see the game and it was him and his wife and his daughter and a couple of their friends and they got me a ticket which was really nice of them and i went and hung out with them in the city for a portion of the day and then we went and saw the baseball game and then i came home and it was just really really cool because of a couple of things one um i can now truthfully say that by doing podcasting i have you know made some made a friend which is really interesting to me that you can make friends over vast distances of space just by you know instant messaging and skyping and doing podcasts and uh, posting on each other's websites and stuff you know that that really really floors me that that is so possible right now um like back in the day i remember when i was in grade school there was a, a term for this. I, I remember we would always have to get pen pals, and now it's like uh, I, I'm communicating with so many people via email and whatnot, which is really just, you know, uh, packets being sent over uh, IP, Internet Protocol. So I, I kind of have, like, IP pals, I guess, is one of the things I was thinking about. And on top of that, this is actually really funny. Um, this is a part of the show that, that, that I have a big smile on my face as I talk about it. The White Sox kicked the Tigers' ass right at this baseball game and so at a couple of points during the game i got to say in your face matt from detroit in your face i read comics episode number six (laughs) 
Yes, it's another comics podcast, and the big difference is I'm doing it, and I'm a girl. That's right, a girl that reads comics. My name is Lena Taylor, and I read comics. Chronicles of Conan, Volume 4, The Song of Red Sonia and Other Stories. That's what it says on the cover. Of course, they don't tell you that the other story that you really want to get is Red Nails, which is even better than Song of Red Sonia. This is the last volume that has any art by Barry Smith in it, but I happen to think it's the best art that he did. And in my opinion, Red Nails is not only the best Conan, it's also one of the best comics I've ever read. Just my opinion. That's what I happen to think. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. This also has the stuff that came after Barry Smith quit doing the monthly Conan um, by John Buscema. And Buscema went on to do a long, long run of Conan. And, you know, it's good. And he was his Conan was probably much better known than Barry Smith's Conan. And I like it. But compared to Smith's stuff, it, it lacks that stylized thing. It lacks the personality and all the things I talked about last time with the characters being conveyed through eyes and motions. Um, Buscema's Conan is very much the action guy. Like the way uh, Gil Kane drew him in a certain way, he's just bigger and older looking and lacks some of the grace and uh, agility that I think Smith brought to the character. So first let me talk a little bit about Song of Red Sonia. It's the story that she's in is in two parts. The first is called Shadow of the Vulture, which isn't very good, so skip it and go right to Song of Red Sonia, which is a much better story. And the way he's drawn her here, uh, she's got this flaming red hair. She's wearing this really interesting looking male shirt, which is kind of cool. Of course, there's a critical scene where they go for a swim and she takes it off. Um, and the they had to do a little censoring on that, apparently. And there's a really interesting panel down on the bottom of page 34 where uh, Sonia and Conan are in the water and he wants to get it on with her and she pushes him away and he gets really mad. And <laughs> the point of view is looking straight at him and there's this little explosion in the water right in front of him, sort of at crotch level, which I don't know how they got that past the censors, but that's kind of cool. Um, she tricks him into doing a, a, a thievery thing with him. They go into this castle and uh, a tower where there's a lot of jewels and they have to fight with a giant snake and um, they end up parting ways at the end. You know that they aren't really meant to be together, but you also know that they will encounter each other later on, and of course they did. And uh, she's she's pretty bitchy to him, but that's just her character. Um, this, of course, was the first time she had ever appeared in a comic, and she was really an invention of Roy Thomas, although she was taken from another Robert E. Howard story. He created her spelling of her name and put her into Conan's world and made her supposedly from the area that would be Russia later on. That's why she's got red hair, and she's supposed to be a really tough warrior lady. Um but they're an interesting pair together, and, you know, they, they verbally spar with each other, which is kind of cool, and um, it, it's kind of mean that she makes him do the dirty work, but that's just the way her nature is. Uh, I think later on when she reappeared, she wasn't quite so mercenary as she is here, um, and there were some other stories that Marvel published later on that explained what her backstory was, which was kind of cool. All right, welcome to Indie Spinner Rack. Woo! This is our very first podcast. Getting weepy already. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. 
Um, we're going to do a, our first initial podcast. We're going to try and uh, hit about the 45-minute mark. My name is Charlie. And I am Mr. Phil. And Mr. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> so you got Charlie and Mr. Phil today. Um, we'll see how if our names change as the weeks go on. But um, Depends on the restraining order. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, this is the comic podcast. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, Mr. Phil. And uh, we were I noticing. there were only two others. There's like 12 others. Maybe we shouldn't like bother. Maybe we, well, no, we should bother. And the reason we should bother, my friend, is because us any no one is representing the indies. Why not? That's crazy. I don't know. The That's thing is, is that people are, uh, people talk about the indies. I've heard some of the podcasts. There's a lot of great ones out there. Kudos to all of you out there. Oh, <laughs> such an ass kiss. Already. <laughs> Already. <laughs> no, but really, there yet? is. There is. Yeah, we have hit a minute. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> No, there is a lot of great stuff out there, and but a lot of people don't, I think, cover the breadth and the width that the indie scene is. And um, Phil and I, the cool thing that I think we're going to have to bring to our cast is that you cover the old school stuff. Phil is like a Encyclopedia Britannica. Britannica. <laughs> Britannica. <laughs> Britannica. <laughs> I thought it was more like He's the Encyc- a Mechanica? I'm like the Encyclopedia Rain Manica, maybe. <laughs> he's, he's one of them. Rain Mechanicals from Shakespeare's <laughs> Rain Man. Um, so anyway, the second. <laughs> the second. That was an obscure, weird reference. But uh, anyway, so no, you cover a lot of the old school stuff, which is really great. And we're going to share some of that with you today. And I cover a lot of the newer stuff. And we're together we're going to explore it. And uh, we really just want to have a good time and uh, share our enthusiasm and for the love of the art form and what's out there. Yeah. And maybe we'll be talking about some things you're you know, not familiar with. And maybe you'll see... see hear us talking about something you think is really cool and maybe you want to check it out maybe yeah. not hey you know yeah maybe you'll tell us about something and we can go check it out yeah maybe this i'm sure there's plenty out there that we're oh, not aware of there's always there's, tons there's gotta be there's always tons so and we'll also talk about what's going on in the industry um we're out of new york city so we have a lot going on here <laughs> we don't really but we do <clears throat> and so we'll be checking around if there was really a lot going on <laughs> we wouldn't be home doing this <laughs> 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 well hey it is 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday, and Lost isn't on yet, so... Um, Don't mock. So that's basically They're what we're going to be doing. They're, They're all, all dead. dead. They're all dead. <laughs> this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They all die. Whoop, whoop. No, whoop. I'll tell you, actually. We should get like a sound. I actually that's know. a spoiler alert thing. Right? We should. Whoop, whoop, That's whoop, great. Okay, like that. we'll do that. We'll totally do that. I don't want to do that, though. No, I'll do it. Good. We'll, well, we'll put it in afterwards. Good. And we'll also... Uh, <laughs> we'll put it in post, as they say. Oh. But I was going to tell you in Lost that uh, I found out that they all, in this new episode, they all get lost. So, why don't you get us? (laughs) Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, April 16th, 2010. And on today's show, we're going to talk a little box office, we're going to talk a little bit of ratings, we're going to talk a little kick ass. That was me trying to do my Sunday, Sunday, Sunday voice, you know, that that whole thing. Anyway, uh, so let's start off here uh, with a little box office roundup. And looking at uh, last week's box office, this would be for the week of the ninth, you know, that week. Uh, all right, number five, The Last Song. This is the Miley Cyrus uh, movie based on a book by Nicholas Sparks, which means someone is dying or, you know, something tragic is happening. Because that's what they do. All right, so that one uh, pulled in 9.83 million last week to bring the total gross to 42.3 million. 
At number four, uh, Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married 2 brought in 11, 11 million to bring the total gross to 48.5 million. Number three, How to Train Your Dragon, 24.9 million coming in last week to bring the total gross to 133 million. And everything I hear about this one is, is great. I, I definitely want to check it out myself. Haven't, just haven't had the chance. Uh, number two, Date Night, uh, 25.2 million in, in its first week. And, uh, but it was edged out just slightly by Clash of the Titans, uh, which came out to 26.6 million for a total gross of 110 million. And I gotta say, I wish I'd held out for How to Train Your Dragon instead of going to see Clash of the Titans. But now I know. And as some military dude once said, knowing is half the battle. All right, so uh, let's look at what's coming out this week. Uh, first off, we have Kick-Ass. Uh, this is directed by Matthew Vaughn, who, of course, um, did pretty well with his last, um, you know, comic-slash-graphic novel adaptation, which was uh, Stardust. Uh, this one is adapting the comic book by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr., and they've uh, basically taken this story of a kid who decides he wants to be a superhero and uh, names himself Kick-Ass because, you know, he's a kid. Uh, so anyway, that is coming out uh, this this week and um, looks to be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, the, uh, the his decision to do this inspired a whole ton of copycats and uh, um, chaos and much, much ass kickery ensues. Um, and this one stars... Aaron Johnson is the uh, the title character, Kick-Ass, uh, uh, also known as Dave Lasesky. And uh, Nicolas Cage plays his father, and we have Chloe Moritz as Hit-Girl. And I'm not going to say any more than that because it just needs to be seen. Now, I was not a big fan of the last Miller adaptation, uh, which was uh, Wanted. Uh, that said, you know, Matthew Vaughn is definitely, you know, a more story-oriented oriented director than the guy who uh, directed uh, Wanted, and uh, and I just think we're, we're in for a better movie. Stylistically, it looks very similar, but, uh, but I think we're in for a whole different movie, and I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, certainly reading the book was a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. Hello, and welcome back to Super Future Friends, where we talk about issues of the Legion in order from beginning to end. From the beginning of Legiondom to the end of Legiondom. That was a weird explanation. I know. <laughs> it's too bad. You know what this this show is. You know what it is. You're here. This is the first time I listen. It's not. It might be. It'd be ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, we recap issues of Legion. We read these things so that you don't have to. But By you- recap, we mean kind of make fun of a little bit. Yeah. But with love. Lots of love. Speaking of love. We will talk about something awesome and cool at the end of the show, so you should listen to the listen, end of the show. Listen to the entire uh, MP3 file. If you guys just like take off your headphones and throw them across the room, just wait for the um, ten minutes to the end mark and just throw. Yes, um, don't do that this don't time. Don't do that. Yeah, not this time. Not this time. This issue is uh, from Adventure Comics three hundred six, Tales of the Legion of Superheroes. The story was written by Edmund Hamilton and drawn by John Forte. And I know that you guys have been waiting for this because it's the first appearance of the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Five flying shapes slip silently across the sky. And uh, Nicro's like, these plant men are intelligent. They have machines, spaceships, cities. Trucks. Trucks, yeah. (laughs) Pick all 
old-timey pickup trucks. No, she's saying they're, like, intelligent life, and they totally just kill yeah. hundreds of thousands of their babies. Souls. Dreams. Hopes. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Now you shattered their dreams like the Legion shattered your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> but just, with murder. But, uh... With blood. <laughs> Bullard was like, all the seeds seem to be taken to seem to be taken to the city. It's the heart of the danger to Earth. And Polar Boy, uh, uh, no, hold on, I can't read. No, can't read. someone's saying Polar yeah. Boy, look. Polar Boy, look, that missile launcher sends the missiles full of seeds to explode and rain the seeds down on Earth. And the trucks of seeds go into that guarded metal building. It must have enough stored seeds in it to grow invading plant men all over Earth. I'm going to be sending these plant people anywhere else. Uh, like, just don't come to our planet. We'll set you on fire. Yeah. Go to, like, hey, our moon. We know what you're doing. Don't send them here. Hey. Murder. The Legion of Substitute Heroes is like the Black Ops team. <laughs> They're like the Wetworks team. <laughs> they do what the Legion won't. They'll kill people. It was like their first appearance, and they just murdered, just massacred babies. Babies. It's true, actually. Fe- they like fetuses, pretty that much. That one, he, he made it, he forced it into adulthood and <laughs> murdered it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and was surprised when it attacked him. <laughs> so, substitute heroes, don't fuck with them. Uh, <laughs> I guess if you're plant. If you're a plant, if you don't look like them, they don't like you. Oh. <laughs> so Polar was like, "We'll have to destroy the stored seeds, those baby, baby aliens. You have to go to their own home planet. Oh and my kill god! Their baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is called an accidental holocaust. <laughs> oh my god, the Legion was right about. Oh my god! <laughs> this is why these people aren't on their team. <laughs> They're murderers. <laughs> We've discovered the secret of why none of these people are allowed on the team. Someone was like, maybe my superpower is good for something after all. I'll create a diversion to draw the guards away. And I girl's like, no, you're worthless. Come back. You'll be killed. <laughs> and uh, so these oh, plant guys. Someone's just standing there. Somebody just goes down and he's standing there. And uh, these dudes, that's like plant men, come up to him. And Has they that start, one got a crowbar? They all have like crowbars and one has a shovel. I guess he has a truck, so I guess he might need a crowbar. <laughs> like an old-timey wrench. <laughs> and so they also start, like, beating on Stone Boy, but it doesn't do anything because he's made of stone. Yeah, but he says, like, uh, if they don't hurry, does he say they hear about their, like, Oh, injuries? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but soon they're going to stop being so stupid and get, yeah, like, a, a ray weapon. Instead of trying to use a crowbar, yeah. they'll use a ray. Ray gun thing. And if they knew that he'd murder their babies, they probably would have used a ray gun right away. <laughs> <laughs> Baby murderer. <laughs> so, uh, Night Girl is trying to break into the silo thing where they keep all their tiny babies, their children. Oh, no. In a protective, uh... She's, like, punching. She's punching. Punching, punching desperately <laughs> to get into this cradle. This, basically a kindergarten. <laughs> kindergarten. Like a preschool. Yeah, a nursery. A nursery in a hospital filled with tiny babies. She's She's punching...